I would say the most important thing is when you look at that profile, you smile, Mm -hmm. you feel that it represents you Mm -hmm. and, and you will know that you're doing the right thing because when we talk optimization, it's not just, you know, showing up in the search results, it's showing up in the search results. And that person is compelled to click on yours versus anyone else's. Hi, and welcome to the From MD to Entrepreneur podcast, an inside look on how to become a physician entrepreneur. Donna is the founder and president of Vision Board Media, a professional branding company that helps individuals and companies tell their unique story on LinkedIn and beyond. She's also authored two editions of LinkedIn Profile Optimization for Dummies. In this podcast, we'll talk all things LinkedIn, best practices, pitfalls, and how to optimize your profile to hit your career goals. Hey, Donna, how's it going? Hey, Brene, how you doing? I am doing well. I'm super excited to chat because LinkedIn is something that I've really been trying to get better at. And I think pretty much any physician, especially physician entrepreneurs are on there and trying to improve. It's much better than Twitter and Instagram, I try to do that, but LinkedIn, that's, that's my jam. That's super exciting, but it's, you know, it's a little painful trying to post your, give, give your hard earned posts and sweat and really think about it. And you see like one, like, so I'm hoping you can help me get that. (laughs) Yeah. I'm hoping you could get, help me get the, all those repos and all, you know, all that stuff, because I, I think I have something interesting to say. And more importantly than just trying to get likes and reposts and stuff. I want to be able to help and impact more people's lives. It's, it's all about having that story, right? And, and value to add and, and something that's going to inspire people. And if, if you have that, that really is a, a bit of a magic sauce. It's now figuring out how do I take this and apply it to the LinkedIn platform. Awesome. Awesome. So Donna, for people that haven't heard of you before, could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure, sure. So like you said, my name is Donna Serdula. And in 2009, I started my my company. It's called Vision Board Media. Um, I had this really crazy idea that people weren't using LinkedIn correctly. And I even said that LinkedIn wasn't, you know, really actually advertising or marketing their services correctly because Back then, they used to say, oh, your, res- your, your LinkedIn profile is nothing more than an online resume. And I knew, I knew that that's not the way to look at this because not everyone was on LinkedIn to find a job. And even if you were on LinkedIn to find a job, you don't want to post your resume <laughs> and look like a desperate job seeker. That's, not, that's just not the way to go. I, I saw it as your chance to really tell your story to... Uh, to be deliberate about your brand, your message, um, and, and a place to really give that digital introduction and turn it into this like amazing first impression. That was how I was seeing it, which was absolutely not a copy and paste of a resume or a bio. Um, and the problem, Renee, is when you have that vision for a profile and you start telling people, this is how much effort you should be you know, doing, no one can do it on them on their own. 
it's really hard to, to write about yourself. And so that's why I, I created Vision Board Media. Um, we, we write LinkedIn profiles. We tell people stories. We help them get really clear and deliberate on, on what their messaging is. And when you do that, for, you know, for our clients, when that happens for them, amazing things happen. They get more clients, they find more jobs, they find, you know, opportunities um, and they collide with them because people, you know, people need to know who you are and what you do. So um, 8,000 LinkedIn profiles later, a team of 20 writers, um, we're still on the same mission, which is to help people tell their story and and brand themselves on LinkedIn and beyond. So do you think that people that, you know, maybe they're not an executive, maybe they're just starting, they, you know, they finish residency, they're a fresh doctor. So they've, you know, been, been pretty successful in life if you're a doctor, yeah. but don't necessarily have those business successes yet. Would you say that they would benefit from focusing on their LinkedIn profile or, you know, maybe they should wait a little bit? No, absolutely not to wait. Um, you know, they, they have their own successes and they, it might not be in revenue numbers, but it might be in patience and, and patents and, and, you know, lives saved and, you know, things that have been triaged. There's, there's, you know, success can be written in so many different ways. So don't think it's just that executive who has that story to tell. Um, the other thing to recognize is, you know, the way the world is today, people do business with people. They want to know who you are. They, they want to know what you're about and what you stand for. What is your values? Well, you know, why should I work with you? Why should I, why? Should, and when I say work with you, it could be, because I know I've done it with my, my mother's doctors. Who are you? Like, why should I believe anything that you've just told me? I want to see a list. I want to see where you've been. I want to know who you know. I want to get a really good sense. And, and because people want that level of knowledge of you, they want to know what to think about you. You have that control. You can shape how others perceive you by the story that you tell, the, you know, the, the, the picture that you paint on that profile. So even if you're, you know, a doctor in a corporate practice, what corporate medicine also wants you to do is become a cog, easily replaceable. But if you have this brand, and I'm saying everyone create this brand, even in residency, in medical school, create a brand, be known for something, then it's much harder to replace. For, it's much harder to replace you when someone says, you know, a patient says, hey, I want Dr. Parikh. You know, where is Dr. Parikh? But if they say, oh, you know, when I do this at Kaiser, I just get whoever, right? And there's no brand loyalty, right? It's like the people that always drink Coke or Pepsi, right? Anywhere they go, where's Coke? You know, and they'll ask for the Coke. And if enough people ask for the Coke, maybe that company will get Coke instead of Pepsi. And I think you the know, same can be said about physicians are really all entrepreneurs. Yeah, I, I agree. And, you know, and what we found is, when you become that person who, you know, tells that story, who, who is branded, who's networked, who has this great network of connections, who's, who's, who's out there and they're giving of their knowledge and they're showing up on people's radar, you become that person who doesn't ever have to look for a job because jobs find you. There's something about 
So I, I do a lot of hiring and there's something about being pushed into a job or pulled, you know, mm. and when uh, someone uh, leaves a job, uh, they're kind of being pushed out, right? Um, mm. Maybe they leave or maybe they get fired. But uh, when they already have a job and another job comes and pulls them, that, that's enticing, right? Because that person has a lot of skill and they go from one job to the next when they're not necessarily looking. So I'm trying to hire some directors right now. And uh, one thing we say all the time is these people are not looking for jobs. They already have a good paying job. We need to go and show them that our company is better to work at and potentially give them uh, a reason to come to us. Yeah, absolutely. And, and there's something beautiful about that, you know, having that type of opportunity that's that drops in your lap, but at the same time, when it drops in your lap, you're, you're not under pressure to say yes to it, right? You can say no, because you have that power, right? You're, you're at this point, you're now the captain of your ship and you're not just grabbing a job because you need a job, but you're working, you're happy. Here's an opportunity. And you can, you can decide, you can be the captain and you can say, you know what, this does match that career vision. It is along that path that, you know, I want to sail. What made you think about LinkedIn? You know, in 2009, there was Facebook, Instagram, we're all kind of getting hot, you know, mm -hmm. MySpace was dying a little bit. But, so. I think MySpace was dead. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So what made you say, hey, and really this is very visionary of you to see LinkedIn back then, but what, what parts of the social media or what did you see that enticed you and said, hey, I'm going to make a business around this? You know, I, I came to LinkedIn having had a career, having been in corporate having been in sales and I had done a lot with um, CRMs, you know, customer relationship management tools and sales force automation, um, you know, type of applications. So, you know, having that, you know, in my, in the back of my head, I looked at LinkedIn and I said, Oh my gosh, this is amazing because this is giving a CRM to every person almost free of charge. And you can have your network and it's a network that nobody can take away from you. You know, when you're, when you're in sales and they decide that they no longer want you to work there, they turn off that database, all that book of business suddenly goes up in smoke. And, and the only thing a, a salesperson has is their book of business. And I think in some ways there's a synergy there with, with doctors too. You know, and, and so when I saw what LinkedIn was offering, I immediately thought this, this is magical. This is a game changer. I also love the professional nature of it. There's a lot of people who are private. They don't want to be on social media. And it is, I mean, especially fast forward today, you know, that not everyone wants to be like on TikTok dancing around, pointing <laughs> to bubbles. And it's just silly. You know, I'm an adult. <laughs> I'm not going to do those things. I can't, you know, and, and, and with LinkedIn, you don't have to, you can approach it in a very mature, very professional way. You can decide what you're willing to, to give and to provide. And, 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 and that to me is, is very, very attractive. 
You know, I like that. I like that I can, you know, I don't have to be doing silly dances to get views. You know, I can actually give of my knowledge. I can inspire. I can motivate. I can write. And and that resonates with people on the platform. Since you've been listening to this podcast episode this far, I hope you've gotten a ton of value from it. It would mean the world to me if you could send this to one other person so that they could benefit from it too. So if someone is starting a fresh LinkedIn, or maybe they have a LinkedIn that they started four years ago and never did anything with it, what are some recommendations you'd have to, you know, do it right, do it right the first time? You know, I have a methodology. It's called SOAR. It's an acronym. Uh, S-O-A-R. So S is strategy. You know, so the first thing I would say is get real clear on your goal. You know, why are you on LinkedIn? What are you truly hoping to achieve? If you're doing it because you want to find clients or you want to find investors or you want to find partners, just really get a sense of what it is that you're hoping to get out of it. I would even say so far as, you know, think in terms of your target audience, think in terms of if a person was searching for you, what keywords would they be using? So, you know, you know what words you need to use later on. All right. So that's the strategy portion. Then we go to optimize. The next thing they need to do is look at that LinkedIn profile and recognize this is a online representation of themselves and their career. It shouldn't be an obituary. It shouldn't be just everything that they've done, all this stuff in the past, but it really should be directed to the future. And it should be written with that goal in mind, right? With that target audience in mind. It should also have those keywords so you can collide with searches, all right? So the optimization piece is, is huge. And, and I would say they, you need to spend time to really make sure that it's authentic, it's genuine, it's conversational. Once you have that, the next thing is A. So S-O-A-A is amplify. You need to start building that network, right? So I've got 40,000 or 42,000 followers and 39,000 first degree connections. You know, the reason I have that is I'm always connecting. I've always been connecting. Everyone that I meet, I connect with. It's something that I've, I've always been very, very aware of. And, and I would say that to your, to your audience, you, you are now on LinkedIn in a manner that you should be proud of, right? You've optimized that profile. You look great. It's impressive. Don't be shy. Connect to people. And don't aim low and wide, but you know, just make that offline network reflected in the online network now. Right. So always be connecting. Once you do that, do you want to hear what R is? (laughs) R is it's time to relate. All right. And how do you relate? Relate is it's it's not about just sending automated messages. It's not about just not checking in. It's going onto LinkedIn, opening up that newsfeed and just seeing what the people in your network are talking about. You know, looking at those hashtags and and, and, and relating to people as a human being. So when you see a message that you like, you like it, you comment, and then you start to post yourself. And, and post, that's, that's the networking, almost like networking in your pajamas. Or <laughs> it's what, it pops up on people's, you know, their, their phone, pops up on their newsfeed. 
And they're, oh, this is what Pranay is up to. Oh, isn't this a wonderful message that Pranay has? And it's it's something that after a while, people don't forget you. They're, they're, you're there. You're part of their world. They know about you. They like you. They want to work with you. They want to do business with you. So, but that only comes if you can get loud, you know, on LinkedIn. And, and that's not just through posting blindly, but it's posting, it's, it's commenting, it's responding, it's it's just getting active on the platform. Us doctors are suckers for acronyms. So thank you <laughs> for that. Uh, and I, I see your uh, book in the background, uh, LinkedIn Profits. So I, I know people can take a look at that. I have a couple of questions actually on each one of those. Um, mm-hmm. You talked about strategy. Uh, so say, for example, I'm looking for investors, which I am. How does what you do in the next three steps change depending on what your strategy is? And it does. It changes. So if you are looking for investors, now you have, now you have, so what does that investor look like? What do they need to know about you? Are they looking for are they looking for you as well? Or is it just you looking for them? Maybe they're looking for you. And if they're looking for you, what 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 would they be looking for exactly? Right. So it's getting very, very clear on that. And then when you when you optimize the profile, you want to make sure that you are that perfect person that they are attracted to. You know, so you want to have a great looking photo. You want to have a background graphic that that illustrates your brand. You want to have a headline that's not too salesy. <laughs> you know, it has the right keywords. It has the right messaging. And then as you go down, you want to make sure that you're open, right? And, and you're letting that person know, this is who I'm looking for. This is what I represent. This is why I'm doing it. This is how it affects you. This is why I'm different. You know, tell that story. And that story is going to be different, right? Because it can't, that story is to that, to those potential investors. It's not to recruiters. It's not to hiring managers. It's not to someone totally different patients, right? It's, it's a different message. And so it does change. If you then get into the networking piece, the amplify, right? You want to really think, okay, let me join groups where those people are a part of. Let me make sure that all of the people that I'm meeting, I'm connecting to. And, and these are these are the people who are my target, right? So it's just being very, very clear on that. Awesome. For optimization, I think that's where a lot of people get kind of stuck up. And you think about tweak, tweaking something, but how do you know if what you're tweaking is working or you're just making fun and having fun doing it. You know, I, I think there's, there's, it's not like you can AB test on LinkedIn or at least not well. Mm-hmm. I would say the most important thing is when you look at that profile, you smile, mm-hmm. you feel that it represents you mm-hmm. and, and you will know that you're doing the right thing because when we talk optimization, Renee, it's not just, you know, showing up in the search results. It's showing up in the search results and that person is compelled to click on yours versus anyone else's. It's also that, you know, a person who finds you when they read the profile and maybe they found you by, by name-based search, they met you. Now they're looking to learn more about you. The optimization is also that I feel like I know you better. 
Hmm. I'm seeing commonalities. There's some conversation starters. There's, I, oh, we went, we did this and I have this in common. So you're almost forging a rapport sooner. So it's not just AI, right? It's the human eye. And that's, that's what I want. So when you look at it, you feel good and you find that maybe, you know, these conversations are going easier. More people are popping up on your radar. Maybe you're getting a few more scheduled calls or, you know, getting you the scheduled calls and you look and you see all these people are checking out my profile. I see it. I can see all the people who, who looked and yep, they're there and they keep coming back to me. So those are all good signs that you're doing, you're telling the right story. I have a feeling I'm going to know the answer to the next question, but what are your thoughts in some of these automations, such as I think Expandy, where it'll automatically start getting connections and increases, you know, someone recommended it to me. So what are your thoughts on kind of automations in terms of LinkedIn? You know, if you, if you look at the fine print on the, the LinkedIn services agreement, they say very specifically, no automation of any type. And I like to play nice in the LinkedIn sandbox. <laughs> I don't want to get thrown out <laughs> and they will throw you out. So you have to recognize there is a huge risk there. You know, if you've taken time and you've built up that network and you've had this great profile and, you know, there's buzz going on, you don't want to, you know, risk that. That's a lot. That's a big loss that you would take. The other thing is, you know, when I go into LinkedIn and I go into my network and I look at the people who want to connect with me. I like to see the people who know me, they've met me and they're there. But when I see it's the, the same, like, you know, the same messaging, and these people, like they don't know me or they have a, they have an automated type of, you know, response. It just turns me off. And I'm like, no, 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 I don't, I don't want to connect with these people. So, you know, if I don't like it, how could I, how could I inflict this on anyone else? You know, I know that number, that sales is a numbers game, but that's a, that's a lot of spam to be putting out there. There's this physician that added me on Facebook and would spam me. And, and then I would show a bunch of other doctors and everyone else got the same message, you know, exact same verbatim. And uh, they blocked her. And then she added me on LinkedIn and I added her just because I wanted to see, you know, I wanted to see, is she a real person? And who knows? We don't even know if she's a doctor because I, nothing, she looks nothing. She doesn't look real. She has these weird like professional photos. And if anyone were to ask me about her, you know, because I talked to a lot of doctors, I would definitely not have anything positive to say about her. You know, it's, it's also, it's really not, it's not hard to do the right thing on LinkedIn. You know, you really do want to have an organic network. You know, you want it to be real. You know, when you're, when you're on there and you're connecting and you're messaging, it works when it's real. And yes, those bots can, you know, extrapolate and just maximize it. But I don't know. I don't feel like it's real. I don't feel like it's authentic. And I don't feel like there's the long-term win at the end that you would get if you actually did it the right way. And let, let's go to the last one, relate. You know, uh, we'd love to spend a couple hours a day, you know, commenting, liking on people's stuff. 
But how do you kind of plan around your schedule? Is there, do you schedule time to go on LinkedIn and look at people's comments? Do you just do it randomly? How do you kind of fit it into your, I assume, pretty busy schedule? I do. I have a very busy schedule. <laughs> but, you know, LinkedIn is is a platform, a database, a network that I see, I see results from. So to me, there is a return on my time investment. What I do is in the morning, I post. Now, I post once a day. You don't have to post once a day. You don't have to post three times. Yep, three times a week. You don't have to post three times a week. If you could post once a week, that would be fabulous. If you could post once every two weeks, that's fine too. <laughs> I don't want people to get this in, this impression that you have to post multiple times every day. In fact, LinkedIn doesn't want you to. They don't. They, 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 once a day is, is, is enough. And if you do more than once, LinkedIn is going to actually hurt. It's going to like start to clog <laughs> the second one. And like, you just don't get the same amount if you had just spaced it out 24 hours. Um, but in terms of time, you know, definitely put some time on your calendar that says, hey, I'm going to create a post. I'm going to put it out there. You can do it once a day. You could do it once a week. You do it once every two weeks. Just do it consistently and keep doing it. In terms of commenting, again, decide, do you want to, do you want to, do you want to spend 15 minutes in the morning, every morning? Do you want to spend, you know, 15 minutes, three times a week? But just get on to the LinkedIn feed and scroll through it and see what moves you. With LinkedIn, posts do better when there's engagement. So by you getting on there and seeing a post, spending time on it, dwelling on it, hitting the see more, going in and commenting, you're actually helping that post. You're helping it be successful. You're helping it get more eyes because LinkedIn wants that newsfeed to be the people that you know, talking about the, the things that you care about. They want it to be relevant. They want it to be sticky. And so when you like comment, you're actually like upvoting that post. So in some ways you're like, you're actually really doing good by your network, by getting in there and commenting and that people recognize that they want that. They want that engagement. And that engagement is what's is the networking piece of it all. So, you know, I would say, you know, figure out what you have. You know, figure out, is it 15 minutes once a week? Is it 15 minutes three times a week? And just scroll and comment and give yourself 15 minutes. And if you can do three comments in that period of time, fabulous. Just don't not do it. That's the worst thing. Do you have a recommendation of commenting on something that already has some engagement versus commenting on something that, you know, maybe only has a couple likes? To me, it's, it's less about the, the activity, the post that's taking place as much as it's, it's far more who is the person who posted it and to have they, have they created something that compels you, that, that, that you're adding something to it. Those are the two things that I would care more about. 
you know, especially if maybe there's nothing on it, you could be the trigger that brings more, you know, more activity, you know? So in, in my mind, I wouldn't, you know, there's that whole, like, you know, leave your, your two cents on, you know, 190 posts. It's, it's just, it's ridiculous. And so people are trying so hard to, to, to comment on so many posts and all their, it's devolving into good, good message. Great idea. Totally agree. Totally agree. Yeah. And it's, and it's like, no, don't even bother. That's a waste. Mm. If you're going to comment, comment, like really add something, you know, compliment them, say something about, you know, what, what was just mentioned, you know, what have you learned from it? Do you have a memory associated with it? Do you have more tips to provide, like really make it count. And if you can't make it count, then you move on to the next post. Donna, you're making this tough for me. I was hoping you could just give me a couple uh, quick trips. You know, I, I but the, the quick tips are, you know, do it authentically, do it genuinely, you know, make it count. And, and, and if anything, it's, you don't have to do a hundred posts. You don't have to do a hundred comments to me. That's horrifying. <laughs> I mean, that's drudgery. Instead, enjoy it. It's fun. Go on there because you're you're adding some value. You're educating. You're inspiring someone. You're helping people like that. Who can't get behind that? And especially if it's only fifteen minutes once a week. And your your content will reflect that, right? It's not just you going in and feeling like it's another second job, but you know you'll be connecting with someone you're passionate about or something that they're saying that you're passionate about. And people will see that and want to follow you or comment on your stuff as well. You know, and I think once you do it, it's almost like those, you know, like what the morning pages, have you ever heard that (laughs) with the writers that say every morning you've got to write your pages and that kind of gets the, the creative juices flowing. And after a while, it just starts to flow out of you. And I, I find that's true with LinkedIn. Like if, if you don't do it for a long time, it's, it's hard, hard to do it, but you know, you do it every now and then you start to do it regularly. It, it starts to flow out of you. You start to see the return. You start, so you start to realize, Oh, I've got a little bit more time to give because I'm getting so much out of it. And it's fun. And it's, you know, and I'm able to network. I'm able to do more wherever I am. It's like, I don't have to go to that networking event. I don't have to, you know, physically shake a person's hand to start to forge a relationship. And I think that's when, that's when it really starts to hit that, 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 that state of flow. One thing that we have struggled with is trying to figure out which of our pages should we be posting stuff from, you know, so we have a company page, I have a Mm -hmm. personal page how so let's let's say i the podcast so i have a podcast page where mm. you know i'll post videos and quotes and all that stuff but i also have my personal page that uh, has a lot more followers how would you kind how would you promote the podcast if you have those two linkedin profiles i the way i do it i think i i cuz i'm in the same boat mm-hmm. i i, I I like to do everything from the personal profile because that's where the followers are. That's where the audience is. And, and I find that with the company posts, they 
not to go that far. Even if you have a lot of followers, there's just a, there's just a, a limit that LinkedIn seems to place on those company pages. So pages post, let me just go that far to say that. So I, I would say this, you know, you may benefit from, you know, a, like a social media posting service where you can really create those posts. I would put them more out onto the personal profile and then, you know, drip them out on, you know, your, your podcast page and the, and the company page, but not at the same frequency and and not at the exact same time, maybe just stagger it out and just lightly drop, drop from there, but majorly put the major focus on, on your profile. And would you limit those? Cause you know, we try to have a cu- like one a day for mm-hmm. the podcast, at least coming up and going out. So would you say maybe on the personal only like once or twice a week for the podcast and then otherwise just other cool informational mm-hmm. stuff? Yeah, I would agree. I think, I think because, you know, LinkedIn isn't like those other you know, networks where you can post, you know, every, you know, every couple hours and, and get good traction, you are limited. It's, it is once a day. And if you're doing it once a day, you gotta, you gotta be choosy. You know, what's, who is your target audience? What do they really want to know? And is that target audience, maybe they're already connected to your podcast page, you know, so you don't want to keep hitting them with redundant content. You know, so, so I think, you know, the way I would look at it is, you know, what, what in addition to the podcast do you want them to know? And then maybe say, you know, on Mondays, I'm going to post my very favorite podcast interview. And Mondays is just going to be that podcast day for the personal page. And if people really love the podcast, they can, they can filter it out, right? They can go in and they can say, I'm going to, I mean, I want all of the podcasts and I want them every day. I want to see it. And then, you know, they'll follow that for that information. Where are, what are some pitfalls that you've seen uh, that people do in LinkedIn? The pitfalls that I see, just not one, not following SOAR, (laughs) not doing SOAR at all. They have not done any strategy. They have no idea why they're on LinkedIn. They have no idea what they're talking about. (laughs) You know, so so it's just sort of like the message isn't succinct. It's not concise. You know, it's all over the board and that confuses people. Um, The optimization piece, they just haven't put any effort in that profile. It's bare bones. It doesn't tell a story. People look at it and it's like, "Eh." we don't want this. <laughs> so, you know, just not optimizing in any way, you know, the, 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 the amplify piece, you know, using those bots, just being obnoxious, <laughs> it's horrible. <laughs> it's easy, but it's horrible. You know, and I think the other thing that I see, which is a bit of a pitfall is when you get on LinkedIn and you start to post, you just post without realizing how the algorithm works and what posts are successful. So that of course is a, you know, big uniform. So then how do you do it? You know, you, you do have to be very, very clear, you know, with LinkedIn, there's, there's certain confidence markers on these posts 
You want people to hover on the post. You want them to spend time reading it. So a longer post does better than a shorter post. You want them to click the see more. That see more link is better than a like. You don't want people to just immediately hit like. You want them to comment first. So you want to make sure that when you do post, not only is there a hook at the front that starts the see more, but at the end, you're actually asking people to give their two cents. So you're asking for like a call to action. So those things are really, really important. And when you look at a post and it's not performing well, chances are they did none of that. Is there a, uh... What are your thoughts on hashtags? Are hashtags important? Sometimes I'll see 30 of them. Sometimes I'll see three. Sometimes I'll see none. And I've seen successful posts do all the above. Hashtags. So a pitfall is having like 30 hashtags. <laughs> this is not good. Um, it's rare to see a, a post that performs well that has that many hashtags. It's, if you do, there's other things going on. It's not normal to see a post that does really well. It has like 30 hashtags. Um, three to five hashtags is what you want to aim for. You want it to be a, a commingling of broad hashtags with a lot of followers and some more niche hashtags that are very specific. You want to make sure that the hashtags do, in fact, represent the content, right? If you're not talking about innovation, don't hashtag innovation. Like it's <laughs> even though it might have like 40 million followers, you do want to be, you know, you want to be accurate with it. Um, I think with 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 hashtags, it is important to know, you know, like again, going back to why are you on it? What are, what are your topics? You know, know what they are ahead of time and do that hashtag research and see, you know, marketing tips is 7,000 followers, but marketing has 7 million. <laughs> so like, which, which one is the better one for you? You know, one's a little bit more niche, but I think the marketing hashtag is, is the one that we should be, you know, making sure that we fit in that slot of five hashtags. So Donna, you've been in entrepreneurship for a while and you've worked with over 8,000 of them. Yeah. If there's something when you first started entrepreneurship that you wish you would have spent more resources on, either time or money, what would that be? Oh, what do I wish I had spent more time on? I wish, I wish I spent, I still wish I spent more time, you know, just on, on the email marketing and the, you know, creation of the content in creating courses. Those are things that I, I feel sometimes when you're performing a, a service, you get so caught up in the customer service and the relationships and that where it takes up all your time. And, and I do, I wish I had spent more time in the beginning and I wish I continued to spend more time in, you know, actually creating more of that evergreen content. Awesome. Well, Donna, if people want to reach out to you, if they need help with their LinkedIn, which no doubt they will, uh, where should I send them? Visit linkedin-makeover.com. Um, it's very easy to get on my calendar, <laughs> which is strange. Like you can, 
I, I take phone calls. I love talking to people. If you have questions, absolutely pick up the phone and call me or click on the contact tag and, and put time on my calendar and I'll call you. Um, but we've all our services there. We have our courses there. We've got the book links there. And um, we try to make it really easy for people to, to understand and, and be clear on our services and, and who we are and what we do. Well, thank you so much for your time. That was awesome. <laughs> thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you have any questions or would like to follow me, please sign up for my newsletter at frommd.com.